Well, hey, friends, however you are listening to this episode of On Grace, we're really glad that you are here. I am here with a veritable Golden Corral buffet level of quality. Not one, not two, but in fact, three high-quality folks joined by Mr. Wendell Van Valen, Mr. Hey, Wayne Hunter. Oh, sorry. I talked over him some. No, I talked over you're you. Ex- you're excited. Wendell. I understand. I am too. So Chomping at the bit. <laughs> not, not just Wendell, but also Wayne. Hi, I'm Wayne, not the dessert bar hunter. And with us today, a special guest appearance, Miss Megan Davidson. Hey, everybody. I'm Megan Davidson. Megan does a lot of things here on staff at Broadway. She also runs um, a blog called The Possible Life, and she is a connoisseur of essential oils. So whatever (laughs) thing ails you, Megan has the... Vegetable oil, canola oil. The oil. The oil. The oil <laughs> for what ails oil. you. The oil. The oil for what ails you. <laughs> We've been uh, talking a lot uh, throughout this podcast about grace. And one of the things that we've kind of danced around but never directly engaged with is how grace is disruptive. How uh, grace enters into the normal, everyday uh, comfort routine of life and turns it on his head, changes it, uh, changes us, uh, demands something of us, makes us different. Um, Wendell, Wayne, Megan, each of you have um, shared that on some level, but how, how have you encountered the disruption of grace? How has grace disrupted your life, for good or for bad? I think it creates... If you if you turn grace loose in a person and and just let it go, and I don't know that there's any other way to do it. You can't piddle around with it. You can't uh, calculate it out. It just has to. It either flows free or it doesn't. That's just the way it works. And when that happens, say in a, an extended family, con- even in in the immediate family, uh, for a while your kids don't know who you are. Your spouse doesn't know who you are because of the transformation that happens because you're you're so used to graceless patterns in your conversations in your way of life and when you become gracious it's almost like who is this person and where'd they come from and it's like i say it's not calculated it's not like you're trying to be gracious grace has worked its magic and and they don't know what to do with that that's one way it's disruptive. So as grace disrupts you, is that scary for other folks? Like, so folks who know you the best, who see you change. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And to, to, in my case, it, it was disruptive. To, to my kids took a while to get used to it. I remember one time we had a thing with my son where I normally would have lost my temper. He was in his 20s, but I normally would have lost my temper. And I just stood there and laughed, and he looked at me like, who are you and where'd you come from? But it was like, dude, this is the new me. It's it's just, but it wasn't calculated. It just happened. Hmm. But then your extended family, they take a lot longer to adjust to it. Mothers, fathers, siblings, you know, and colleagues where you work and stuff like that. Wayne adjusted quick because we adjusted together. <laughs> yeah, and 
Wendell's already weird, so <laughs> I was just expecting it. Weird was no surprise. Weirder. That's right. It just got weirder, right. so Grace yeah. worked its magic. All right. A more attractive weird. Not the, it's the not the beard. But, okay, this is getting know, weird. This right. <laughs> getting weird. But uh, I think for me, it's been disruptive in, the, in that it uh, calls me across the lines that I've built that felt safe, across the fences and the barriers. Um, and we've talked a lot about... Um, people who are difficult and the boogers people who who awkward you use the word awkward yeah. and so for me and kind of like what Wendell said grace is not something when it get when it becomes real in us it's not something we can pick and choose who we offer that to that's the power of it is it becomes this thing that we realize that it's for everybody we meet that it is who it's it's who we are it's not just what we do we become gracious people and it kind of captures us and so we don't it's not doesn't make it easy but it's almost as if you don't have a choice whether you offer grace to people or not because you realize that every person deserves grace and and that's where the the magic is that's where god is is lurking is in those moments when we have the opportunity to offer grace, and especially when we have it in those awkward moments with people who are different from us, people who we don't understand, people who we may mess it up and be criticized or made fun, you know, make fools of ourselves. But there's that there's this power to this grace that is not mine to control, that pulls and pushes uh, and lures me out into these relationships that otherwise I would avoid. I would hide someplace or I would go around them or uh, stay out of them. Uh, And so it it disrupts the normal pattern of who I would connect to and how I would do that in a lot of ways. And Wayne, one of the the things that I respect most about you is the ways that you've been intentional about making those, those connections that could possibly be and have been, I think, I don't wanna speak for you, but have been disruptive that have kind of um, punctured your bubble of comfort, as it were. Right. Yeah. It's um, there's a, a couple at Greenwood who are Auburn fans, and I've kind of <laughs> <laughs> forced myself to, uh, and found out that they're pretty nice people. You know, it's been really disruptive. Uh, but no, I I am, um, you know, I I know that I have lived a lot of my life in the bubble of white middle class Christianity. And uh, I'm kind of part of this growth and grace is intentionally discovering what it looks like to know Jesus outside that bubble, uh, kind of in a selfish way, you know, so that I can know him better uh, and realizing that I'm my perspective is is a pretty small one and and warped because of that smallness. And so I've gone to some been involved in some groups and some conversations and some encounters um, that have been uncomfortable and awkward uh, and out of my comfort zone and uh, but have been really uh, moments of grace where God was present God showed up and uh, and so that that has been really helpful to me yeah Megan one of the things that I uh, one of the many roles I think you serve on staff you wear a lot of hats mm-hmm. but one of the things that's most awesome to me is you, I think better than anybody else on staff, are a giver of grace, including uh, two weeks ago, 
Megan and I um, experienced a mutual frustration. And the next day, Megan brings me a book called Girl, Wash Your Face. <laughs> and it was great. I mean, I read... I People read, should read it. It's <clears throat> yeah. good. And, but I, I read part of it, and it was it was really great. But, but Megan um, not only gave the gift of grace there, but said, hey, just make sure you switch. Every time she says girl, you can change it to boy or... Yeah man or whatever yeah, you want to call yourself <laughs> <laughs> so megan how how has grace disrupted you you know i think it there's a there's a saying somewhere and i may i know i'm not making it up but i don't know where i heard it at it's like to what uh to something about what's received to what's what's received as much as received and much as given or something yeah. i don't know does it do you know like spider-man no not required but just with, with great, great power comes great responsibility yeah that's not it but <laughs> <laughs> go with your thought but anyway thought. i think that for me the reason that i i give grace as easily as i do sometimes is because throughout the years it's been given to me abundantly um, I have, you know, I have a story and I'm not proud of my story, but I've met people along the way, people that have walked with me and, and my recovery sisters, and I'm just constantly giving grace over and over. And so throughout the years, and especially in the past couple of years, I have just really made it my like mission and called it's like hey you know what like you screwed up and you're not perfect and people love you anyway and people show up for you anyway and you need to make sure that you're that person for other people because there were times where it was really really hard for me and had it not been for people that just showed up at the right time that said the right words or that were just encouraging I don't know where I would be or you know I definitely wouldn't be where I am now and so I just try to think about that whether it's somebody that I work with or somebody that I live with or somebody that I see on the street or a friend I know and so I just have always that's just I don't know because everybody needs it and so it's been freeing for me you uh, um you're kind of the one that kicked this thought off what what are you you answer your own question well I have, I mean, I have a saying that I don't preach to the youth unless I need to hear it myself, and um, I resonate really with what all what all three of you said, but particularly what Megan said there, um, especially in regard to um, having having patience. I don't think you use the exact word, but having patience with others and having patience with yourself. Um, my my struggle is often uh, the the idolatry of perfection. And then if it's not per- if it's not perfect, then it sucks. You know, there's there's no there's no in between, and so there's a lot of things, particularly in in uh, youth ministry, that are out of my control. You know, like if no. they if they had a <laughs> if they had a dance the night before, you know, like and they're falling asleep when I'm talking, I'm like, oh well, I'm you know I'm a failure. Um, so I I think um, I think for me th- that I, I'm in, I'm inherently impatient. And so to to learn to trust the the patience in grace and the patience that others have shown me and um, the 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 inherent love that's with that's in patience that I I am going to be here with you even if you got it wrong 
and even if you never get it right, um, that you don't have to meet this standard um, in, in order to qualify for for grace. And so that's that that has disrupted me. That disrupted me in college. It disrupt disrupts me on a daily basis. That um, that you don't have to be perfect to um, to receive grace. And for some reason, that's easier for me to give to others than to accept for myself. I mean, Wendell, you you and I are um, similar in in that. Um, well, all of us are pastors. Um, Megan's sh- shaking her head, no, but not. she absolutely no, is. She absolutely <laughs> is. That's a, d- not a, convers- a conversation for another day. Like, doesn't matter what j- what it says on your business card. Uh, I don't have business cards. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Wheelhouse. Yeah, but I mean, uh, you know, all all of us are trying to um, embody grace in community and call forth grace in community and. Um, believe it or not, structure programming that uh, creates space for grace, um, which is which is not always easy because, as we've touched on before, um, we on some level are responsible for uh, the programming, and yet we are, we're still figuring this out for ourselves. So, what what you said, Wendell, um, like there's a level of programming, but then the, like grace is inherently disruptive. How how do you manage that? I, um, I think just off the cuff, grace always takes precedence over everything. If you have an, you have you've got a program, and suddenly somebody's bleeding out, it, and and they need grace, they get it. the The program can just, I mean, that's what Jesus did. He had plans. He I'm going to go see so and so today. Somebody yanks on his clothes and says, you know. I'm going to secretly grab some power off you. And he said, no, you're not going to secretly do it. I'm going to encounter you. And, I mean, he he, he always was on a mission, but, he, but the mission never overrode, you know, the rude blind guy on his last trip to Jerusalem. Everybody's trying to keep him quiet. This is an important mission. Leave him alone. And Jesus said, no, I'm going to stop and talk to the guy. So I think grace... Uh, Grace for the individual always takes precedence over let's keep this program. It has to. Yeah. It has to. Well, maybe that's the whole the the whole point is to remind us that there's something going on here that's bigger than our, our plans yeah. or our programs. And yeah, we plan and we program to be to be part of it, but it's with the awareness that there's something a whole lot bigger happening that is out of our control. And we program in order to participate in the bigger movement of God's spirit and of his grace and his love for people, uh, but knowing that and, we don't and, capture and it. And if it's bigger, if this grace is bigger, if it's because it, that, that seems to be an underlying theme of the whole thing today that we're talking about. If that grace is bigger, it's not something you study. It's not something you work at. It's not something you get better at. You just plunge into it. Right. Yeah, there's yeah. a current to it, right. and and you either stand by it and try to study it as it goes by, or you just dive in, right. and yeah. you yeah. just get caught up in it. Right. Yeah. It's it's, n- it's not that you're a gracious person; it's that you're caught in the grips of grace. Right. You're caught yeah. in the flow of grace. Yeah, and we we've 
uh, talked about this idea that grace has a life of its own and a power of its own apart from my expressing it or feeling it, that, that it is this current of God's life that we, you kind of dive in and, and trust the current and also let go of some of that control. Uh, you know, you kind of have an idea of which direction it's going and what it looks like, but, but there is this real sense in which it, as the current carries us along, every moment is kind of an adventure. And, uh, you know, we're probably probably lining out three or four podcasts from now of what we can. But it, it becomes far less calculated and far more about just being aware, being aware of where the current is going. Right. So your programming is I'm just aware of where the current's going, and I'm responding to that. And, like, for me, I was just thinking when you all were talking, it's like you it sort of becomes who you are. And to talk about the current, it's like when you say it's a, a rock. I don't know. I'm going to use an analogy here, I think. But when it goes into the water, it may look one way, right? But, like, as it rides the currents like you're talking about, it gets shaped and it looks yeah. – so by the time it comes out at the end, yeah. it – I don't know, it could be shiny yeah. or it yeah. could be a different shape altogether yeah. or a different color. So yeah. it's just like it shapes us riding in this current. Yeah. And we just become different people. You know, yeah. you talked, Wayne or Wendell, about your um, – your family and how it affected your family. And I think I've seen that too for me. It's just like, who are you and what did you do? Yeah. (laughs) What did you do? I think that's what my husband thinks sometimes because it's just, you become a different person. You're, you're shaped by riding that current that you talked about. Thanks for being a part of this episode of on grace. You can find Megan on Facebook and Instagram at the possible life. You can find the rest of us at Broadway United Methodist Church in Bowling Green, Kentucky.